0: Weekend breakfast with Refilo in on 702. So, with the stop-start nature of schooling last year, and even this year, in fact, right, with kids going to school on a rotational basis, we know that um, it's this, this whole situation really has wreaked havoc with young children and them being able to learn concepts, accumulate knowledge, and, uh, and and grasp basic concepts. So, this morning, Nikki Bush, our human potential and parenting expert, is just giving us some tips, some insights on learning gaps, but most importantly, why they need to be closed and addressed as soon as possible. Good morning, Nikki. Thank you so much for bringing us this really important conversation.
1: Good morning, Ruth And Mm. yes, it is important, particularly in the foundation phase. And that's when children are between grade R and grade three. So really up until the age of nine. And why is this a critical conversation for us to have? Well, it's really because, and I've been doing a little bit, bit of research mm. with foundation phase teachers, um, that they are finding that up to 20% of the kids in well-resourced schools have learning gaps because of what has been going on in the past year and a bit with COVID. Sure. That is an extreme number sure. of children needing intervention, remedial therapy, speech therapy, occupational therapy, etc. And what's very, very important is that intervention needs to happen before the age of nine, according to Prof. Center, who's the recently retired head of the Department of Pediatrics and Child Health at the Pre-State University. Because... Otherwise, those children seventy-five yeah. percent will battle for the rest of their school career. You
0: know, and exactly that, right? It's called the foundation phase or the foundation phase for a very, very good reason. That's where you're laying the cornerstones of your ability to comprehend, your ability to um, to 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 uh, build critical steps in your education um, uh, foundation uh, or base. Not a Nikki, but this business of kids going in, you know, on Monday and Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday, one week, and then going in uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, the next week has been incredibly disruptive. Just the importance of continuity the importance of consistency in and routine in those stages i mean you you in your conversations with teachers and and uh, profenta you've just referenced what were uh, what what were the i imagine the frustrations that came out of there did you start a concept on monday and monday and wednesday only to have to cover that same
1: ground the next week Mm -hmm. See, I think what parents don't know is that when children are acquiring these concepts, they need an enormous amount of repetition. So over and over and over again. And teachers are, are trained to do this in many different ways. So, you know, it's not boring. And um, it's, it should be in the foundation phase a very immersive process. It should be very hands-on, very process-driven. It should be very tactile with lots of equipment and a lot of body movements. And if you consider mm. that um, children in well-resourced areas were able to be on a screen on the in-between days, even that is not adequate because yeah. you don't have your depth perception. Because if you think about it, when a child sits in front of an iPad or a computer, the screen does not move further away or closer to them just like when you watch tv you know the distance between you and the tv remains the same so the focal depth is not being exercised which is so important for creating a strong visual system for reading you know the, the muscles in the eyes need to be exercised just like the muscles in the hands need to be exercised through manipulation of uh, say say you, they call them unifix cubes those little plastic cubes that get pushed together yes when a child is learning for example the bonds of 10 how many blocks make up 10 take two blocks away from the tower how many blocks have you got now and they can count put their fingers one two three four five six seven eight what did we just do we did subtract subtraction mm. in a fun way in a tactile way now that is something that they couldn't do on a screen unless the teachers had perhaps sent those cubes home but even then mm. the issues are things like and this is what teachers are picking up that kids are their concentration spans have changed now in a room full of children is well versed in noticing which child has lost attention and they might just walk around the class while they're still teaching and touch a child on the shoulder or they know a child who's particularly ADD or needs deep pressure mm. and they might use firmer pressure and squeeze their shoulders for example to bring the child back into the room. They've been unable to do that when children are on a screen and they talk to me about um, The fact that they watch children leaning back in their chairs, putting their feet in the air, picking their noses, <laughs> you know, completely losing. Mickey,
0: <laughs> you know? oh my goodness. The things, you know, obviously as a parent and you're doing your own schooling from home, the things you've witnessed, right, are, are really incredible. Like someone having, <laughs> continuing with their breakfast in the first period of class So you think, why you are supposed to be concentrating or even walking in on your own kid? Who's doing exactly that? You're lying down on the carpet during a lesson and all you, you did <laughs> was step out for five. minutes i can imagine it's incredibly daunting but the other problem being that you know technology is incredibly useful but you know when it cuts out when a blackout hits (laughs) you know and there's no electricity there's literally nothing to be done um you know there's so many issues that can arise but and it's not it's not even a critique of um those parents who are even present, who are present and who are then showing up for their children and being present and helping to teach them. But we aren't professional teachers. We're not trained. And so even the pedagogy of instilling all these um, these, these lessons and, and, and um, uh, knowledge is not there. And sometimes
1: it's not correct. Right. Do you, do you, um, this, is, this is absolutely yeah. true and so so there's been that um, that misstep and that gap mm-hmm. you know in asking parents to be the guide alongside and, and the facilitator particularly in the foundation years where it is a very tactile concrete learning experience you know once you're over grade nine uh, grade, uh, grade, uh, once you're over age nine grade three You know, firstly, the concentration span of a child increases. Secondly, if they have all the foundation skills in place, they're able to do a lot more on their own. And it is much more abstract learning. So it becomes about letters and numbers because they've been through the years of learning how to read. Now they're in the phase of reading to learn. The issue that is of great concern at the moment is that these kiddies in the foundation phase who've got these gaps those tiny gaps are growing into big gaps at the moment Mm -hmm. and by the time they move on from grade three they need to have consolidated so much in order to cope with that intermediate phase Mm -hmm. and so we really need to be addressing these these gaps now because if you think about it it's a bit like a brick wall we're building kids hopefully with solid foundations and if some of those bricks are loose or missing in the foundation. That all becomes pretty wobbly. Mm-hmm. And it's wobbly for a number of reasons now, for a few aware, that I think are worth looking at. Yeah, let's look at those learning gaps. Okay, so the big thing I've mentioned, the first thing I mentioned was was concentration. Mm-hmm. The second thing is the ability to follow instructions. And teachers are finding, for example, when they're doing coding with children, that they'll show them a picture they've got a picture next to them on the desk of what where they must move their their pieces into this um this, this block and they stand up in front of the class and they're actually showing them as well and they're telling them and they're still finding that the children cannot follow the instructions now that's got many components to it a lot of it goes back to concentration and then the ability to physically manipulate pieces into a board And that is spatial planning, fine motor coordination, and they're not getting enough of this tactile stimulation in the home situation in learning through a screen. You know, on a screen you can drag and drop. You can cut and paste. That is a flat screen. It is not in 3D. And so the 3D interpretation is more difficult for children now because they're out of practice than it normally would have been. And it goes back to the physical movement, etc. Mm-hmm. And then we've got, um, you know, the sight words and the reading, all of that sort of thing. Now, one would hope that parents are doing the reading homework with children, mm-hmm. you would hope. But, it's not necessarily happening and we need to touch on what's happening in homes and families because of COVID, but let's finish this train of thought. Um, children need about a thousand lap hours with their parents and lap hours of reading, of being read to, of being listened to. And that is where we've got a massive, massive gap where it's not happening in under-resourced areas, uh, families don't have books.
0: Mm, of course. Um, and libraries are inadequate or just uh, not there in communities,
1: yes, and, never mind schools. And now here is what's happening in well-resourced areas which, where schools have reading programs and reading laboratories with reading books yeah. that normally gets sent home with a child every day and then the child has to go and read to their parents. Um, what's happened with COVID is that for sanitation reasons to stop the spread of disease, those books have not been sent home Mm. so those reading labs are not being used um, haven't been used so can you see how those bricks in the wall Mm. are missing Mm. Um, and and it's it's really really critical And, and where we get to right now is that teachers are reporting schools are reporting that their teachers are six to eight weeks behind in the curriculum already this year And it's not the teacher's fault. And this is a point I really want to stress. Teachers are becoming a punch bag um, for everybody's Stress and irritation, and we've got marriages breaking up, we've got finances that are very tight, and it's not the teacher's fault. Um, Teachers can only go, it's kind of a product of circumstance, really, what we're dealing with here. They can only go as fast as they can go, and they have to make sure the class is keeping up. And, you know, we've still got a lot of government schools who, until July 26th this year, those kids are still only going twice a week. Mm. And your private schools, have gone back full time but it's really tough to get this continuous learning going when it's the stop start and you might not have children who have access to screens at home or what you find is if there are older children they get prioritized for screen time if there aren't enough screens at home for Mm. for all the children. So sure Nikki there's
0: clearly a lot to be done but you know what are the sort of i want to say low fi or at least low hanging fruit mm. that you know parents can reach to and start to um address you know uh, or bridge this gap i mean when it comes to reading when it comes to literacy when it comes to sight words i mean i've often seen studies that say even if it is a cut out children's story from the newspaper or a magazine even if it's an article for your teenager or for an adolescent child Reading that for comprehension, you pick up vocabulary, Mm -hmm. you increase your word base or, you know, your um, vocabulary base. It's better than nothing because just because there's
1: no book doesn't mean you should not. um, There are no options. Exactly. And just because your child is not going to school does not mean it shouldn't take place. So when you're reading something to your child or your child is reading something to you, no matter what age they are, ask them questions about what they remember. And then they need to concentrate, you see, because they're going to have to answer those questions. So Mm -hmm. that's a good one. So please support the teachers. Don't use them as a punch bag. Don't feed the oppressive atmosphere. We need empathy for each other. Um, and then um, follow the recommendations. There are, there are a lot of recommendations at the moment that teachers are giving out. Mm-hmm. Some of them are that your child needs some intervention. And also let's remember the children who were already in occupational therapy, speech therapy, remedial therapy, stopped going to therapy last year because of um COVID and because of finances so their gaps became very much bigger sure. and then um being emotionally present is a big one that teachers are picking up because parents are stressed they're not necessarily emotionally present and if you can just do the reading thing of being fully fully immersed and present in your child's company for 15 minutes a day mm. that would go a long way mm to helping your children feel emotionally connected to you. And when we say lap time uh, for reading, if your children are, say, under the age of of nine, get them on your lap. That physical connection with your child, being close to you, smelling you, your voice near their ear, that is an emotional connection that also adds huge value to the reading process. And when your kids are talking, really listen to them. So... Please do what the teachers are asking to support them, to support your child. And I think also remember that a teacher's job is to teach. And one of the things I'm picking up with teachers is they are becoming the chief customer service officer. Go to the front office. Go to the person you should be going to with your queries. Don't lump them all on the teacher who's got so much on their plate. Yo,
0: Nikki, um, I'm sure you understand how timely and prescient your words are. But, you know, I've I've spoken to so many people, all anecdotal, of course, but, you know, that experience is the same. Frustration spilling over into what ought to be, you know, class group chats, for instance, Um, and and, and parents taking, you know, taking issues or problems or things that, you know, Small things onto platforms that, you know, they, they shouldn't be on as shouldn't opposed to addressing I mean, them the appropriate way. So, yeah, I, I like breathe. the fact that you're saying, let us please have empathy for each other because, in the, in the long run, everybody's aiming to um, educate this young mind and, as you said, establish a foundation yeah. for them for the future. All right. I, I really, really like that, Nikki. Um, let's do our tour review, which we didn't get to do last week. Is it the same one? Learn to count.
1: Yes, it's the same one. And actually, it's even more apt. Yes. It's even more apt. Tell us about Um, it. Because um, Learn to Count is a product by Smart Play. It's a local company. It's a wooden product, 270 Rand. um, And this is perfect for um, helping these children who are either learning these foundation skills for school readiness, these Mm -hmm. perceptual skills. And by the way, I've put up a blog today on (laughs) com that actually gives you a lot of the conversation we've already had, but it gives you the detail of the perceptual skills, the the main skills children need to acquire by the age of nine. So any parent who's unsure of that list, you can go and download a list on my blog. Um, So Learn to count is a comprehensive learning tool. It will also really help with those kids who've got these learning gaps. And it's um, learning to sort by colour and size using these colour stacking rings on this baseboard. So mm-hmm. you've got a baseboard, you've got ten graduated um, little um, pegs, and they've got these colour rings that they put on. And then, of course, we've got all these um, these little wooden pictures that slot into the board, which have got the number one with one dot, mm-hmm. and then your child would put one ring on the little um, peg there's a number two with two dots that means you have to put two, two rings on the peg, now what are we doing here and why do I love the product because it goes through the concrete learning phase of actually tactile putting the rings on the peg and we've got the semi-concrete which is the picture of so, and then we've got abstract, which is the number or the dot. So, children have to go through all three phases of learning and combine all of them in order to really get a meaningful learning experience. Mm. So, this is learning through play. It's yeah. sorting by color and size. It's learning essential maths vocabulary like above, below, left, and right more than or less than, taller than or shorter than, in a very playful way. Mm. So this is for a child from the age of four plus, And the skills are eye-hand coordination, spatial planning, position, number sense, quantity, color matching, critical thinking, reasoning, um, matching, and visual discrimination, such as like similarities and differences, because an A and a B look totally different, and two and a 10 are totally different. Mm. So this product is available, widely available, at an excellent price, 270 Rand at Westpac, take a lot macro game pna or at uh, rgsgroup.coza yeah. so you can see the toy review on nickybush.com and go and download your perceptual skills list there as well
0: fantastic so that toy review that was learn to count Nikki. really important conversation that you brought us today thank you so much looking forward to chatting next week absolute pleasure all right that's Nikki bush human potential and parenting expert